0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Good Mom. We're coming to you from Doha, Qatar. I'm Carmen. I've been in Qatar for 17 or 18 years now, which is half my life because I am 32. I met my husband here, and we now have two girls, Grace, who is seven, and Mila is four. And I'm a stay-at-home mom slash freelancer.
1: (laughs) I'm Blair. I have been here for almost 12 years I moved here right out of university. And I also met my husband here. We have two girls, Harper, who is four and Lily, who is two. And I am a full time working mom. Welcome back, everyone. It is Sunday night, start of a new week. Carmen and I, um, like, a couple hours ago, we were together, obviously, because the girls were. And we were saying, like, oh, my gosh, the beginning of a new week. Sundays are hard. Yes. They're exhausted after yeah. a school day. And we reminded ourselves, and, like, we were both kind of like, we have to remind Um ourselves as the adults that it's okay if they don't have a good day or it's okay if they're tired, you know, like they get tired too. Yeah. All right. So as many of you know, we live in Qatar, um, and we have been here for a long uh, time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tonight we're thinking or nothing. So tonight we're
0: going to talk about being an expat mm-hmm. and what we find difficult and easy and all that good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. How it's probably
1: really changed from being um, a single expat to married with kids and a family and, you know, a whole different set of worries. Yeah. Also, myself at least. No, yeah, same. It's just a different ballgame. All right. So let's start off with, um did you choose
0: to be an expat or did you...
1: Or That's did actually a funny
0: question, actually, because... My mom always asked me before we moved anywhere, she said, do you want to move? And I was like, yeah, why not? I yeah. mean, I was at 12 at the time. So it was like, whatever. And then when we moved from the Cayman Islands, she asked me again, she said, are you ready to move? And I was like, yep, let's do it. Um, okay. Interesting. And then I never wanted to leave Qatar. Once I got to university, I was like, nope, I'm not going. You cannot force me out into the world. Yeah. So I just stayed there. Well, so you moved at twelve. Yeah. I left Canada when I was a twelve or eleven. And um and then I obviously I've been in Qatar since I was fifteen. I mean, fifteen is a pretty um
1: pivotal age, you know, like you're a teenager, you have your friends, you're yeah, you don't want your world to change.
0: I mean, I, mean, makes- I don't know. I don't never I've never had that like oh no, I don't want it to change in terms of big things. Like if we were to move tomorrow, okay, fine, no problem. But if like something very minimal from my regular routine was to change, I might lose the plot. I might go insane. So I have clung on to the um, little things as opposed to- You said said
1: like to your mom when you were here in Qatar, you said- I'm not leaving.
0: Yeah, I mean, why? Have you seen the world? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I am in a little bubble. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think it, we are in the safest place. We are in. Uh, we. Why would I leave to go back to what taxes to go back to poverty because the governments are messing everything up in England? Oh, violence. Yeah, gun yeah. crime, knife crime. No, thank you. <laughs> I am happy here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we definitely do live in a bubble Um, and there's moments that it's lovely. And I think that there are also moments that um, from someone looking out, I mean, from someone looking in um, I don't think that they necessarily see some of the many sacrifices that we do. What's the word? Hold. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I think we make a lot of sacrifices. To live here. Um, That being said, like I'm very grateful to live here for the most part. But those those sacrifices do take a toll. Um, And honestly speaking, I know this is going to sound very privileged, but um, like before having kids, uh, let's say before COVID, um, I felt like I had to leave Qatar every three months. And I think that speaks to the sacrifices. Like I needed to get out of the bubble. I needed to see greenery. I needed to be. Around what I consider kind of normal outside yeah. behavior. Um, and that was really important to me. And that helped me stay sane. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one reason, you know, COVID had such a toll because obviously we couldn't leave. Um, but even now, I, that itchiness to leave and to like get out every three months is um, coming back or has come back.
0: Yeah. Nick says that he gets an itch to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he says that like, you know how we, every, so basically most people in Qatar, if you don't know about Qatar, when you move here, your company gives you like, uh, allowances for everything. One of those allowances is a travel allowance to go back to your home. Yeah. So Nick's company, uh, gives him a yearly allowance to fly back to England. And, um, he says if he didn't have that time, those two months all mm-hmm. to regroup, come mm-hmm. back fresh to a new year, it would make him crazy. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I just wanna stay. I don't want to travel. <laughs> I don't want to oh, really. I'm I've as I've aged, or maybe as we've gone through these like uh I don't know what experiences like the COVID and just having kids, mm-hmm. I've been more Uh, of a home bird yeah I mean I
1: get that I I I can understand that um because when I do have that itch I'm like oh my god we got to get out let's book a trip let's go and then I think about all of the the packing and the flying and the you know yeah but then I'm like no but I'm giving my kids this gift of traveling and hanging out out
0: outweighs staying and going crazy (laughs) yeah my mom my mom did all of that with me so when we moved to here we Mm travel every few months and we got out of the country went to like Sri Lanka and the Seychelles and you know just all over Mm -hmm. and I look back and all my experiences are amazing the things that we got to do are things Mm -hmm. that are not normal like it's Mm -hmm. not normal to travel all the time it's not normal to go and do all of these like experiences and so i'm grateful that i've had the opportunity living here for sure but it's normal i
1: don't think it's normal to travel every three months no i mean i know that like people back home don't do that like i think about where i've kind of ended up right now and i mean my parents instilled a lot of um you know the value of traveling and that kind of experience they instilled that within me and Um, We did travel as a family and I am incredibly grateful for that gift that they gave me of showing me the world and showing me what's out there. I think sometimes my parents are like, oh my gosh, why did we do that? Now she lives so far away. But I love that. And I I think that's one reason I chose to be here and I chose to embark on this expat life. I mean, I I moved here right out of um, college. Yeah. My parents were here and I'm like, you know, screw it.
0: I want to see the world. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I never thought I would stay this long. Okay. So you know how our lifestyle, like as an expat, like even as an expat kid, you go home and do you ever feel like you don't have anything to relate to with your friends?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: It almost kind of seems like, and this is coming from my own, like looking perspective of like friends, um, Mm -hmm. is that, It's like our lives kind of like go on and and we're doing different things and we're surrounded by so many different like cultures and people and Mm -hmm. just different, so many different lifestyles all in one country. And you go home and everyone's doing the exact same thing. It's like they never, it's just on repeat. I find it hard to hold a conversation with people sometimes.
1: Yeah, it just feels really different. It is hard to connect. And I wonder if that sometimes boils down to like pre- just personal preferences between, you know, various people and what we value and what others don't value. And I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, I do find it sometimes hard to go home. You know, I am so incredibly grateful that my parents used to live here and one of my good friends used to live here. And so when I do, you know, talk to them about life here, they get it. They end up. Yeah. And I am so incredibly grateful for that because I can't imagine, you know, I think it's really hard to explain Doha to people that haven't been here and that haven't lived here.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. When we were moving here when I was 16, Mm -hmm. I had friends going, well, aren't you scared because of, you know, using words like terrorists because it was an Arab country. And I was like, are you are you dense? Yeah. And then... When Nick moved here when he was 21, I think, or 20, 21, people that he knew would be like, Oh, aren't you scared? Do you guys like ride camels? And I'm like, You need to leave the country. You need to leave England and go see something else. Yeah. Because my mind gets blown every single time someone says something so ignorant. Yeah. And so I think that when I'm saying like, oh, do you find it difficult? I mean like, okay, yes, you're gonna have friends that obviously have a brain Mm. and then you're going to have other people that are like, Oh, do you take a camel to work? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to say to you (laughs) (laughs) because that's a spectrum that I'm working with here.
1: Yeah. I mean, totally relatable. When I so my expat kind of life, so to say, um started a little bit in Cairo when we lived there. And I remember one summer I went home or it was after I moved back, people were like where have you been? And I told them Cairo and someone was like did you have internet there? Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure somebody else had asked me if I also took a camel. Like oh my I god, camels often. And this was in 2003, right? Um and then, when I when I, after I had been living here for a while, um, I walked into a convenience store. This is back home. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, but somehow they were like, oh, where are you from? Um, and, uh, you know, when someone asks that, it's such a complicated question mm-hmm. because, and my sister and I always uh, laugh about this because people ask us where we're from and like, where do you even begin? Yeah. Because, you know, my father's Egyptian, my mom's American, people always want to know how they met. And then they're like, well, why are you in Doha? And then you have to go back like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh, I live in Qatar. Um, and they looked at me like, huh? Yeah. Um, and then I said, oh, it's by Saudi Arabia. And then they said, huh? Again? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. So then I said Dubai. And they're like, oh yeah, Dubai. Um, but I was
0: shocked that they didn't know where Saudi Arabia was. Yeah. My brain's all over the place. I also just had this like thought, which I'll say now. You know, when you said um, that you didn't know where to start with where you're from, Mm -hmm. that gets me every single time because someone will go, where where are you from? And I'm like, well, okay. I'm brown because I'm from Guatemala because that's what everyone wants to know when I say I'm Canadian. Yes. And I'm like, I'm brown because I'm from Guatemala. I'm Canadian. And then I have to go, I'm Canadian because I was adopted from Guatemala by a white woman. And then they'll go, oh. And I'm like, and it's just like, I should just get a business card at this point that says, this is why it is. This is why I am the way that I am. Oh my gosh. I was in the spa the other day and the woman was like, oh, so where are you from? I said, Guatemala. And she goes, oh, nice. Where's your mom from? And your dad. I was like, oh, freaking hell. I was like, they're from they're from Canada, and then you could see the look on her face. So I had to explain that I was adopted, and Mm. she goes, "What? That's just wonderful! How amazing!" And then she goes quiet, and she goes, "So don't you want to know who your real mom is?" And I was like, "Okay, no, I'm good, thanks." And then she goes, "But what if they're looking for you?" And I'm like. Well, I guess they shouldn't have given me away then. Maybe <laughs> that's a really weird question to ask. I was, I was like, like what? Like, people have such an open filter as an expat because I feel like you like you just jump from small talk to straight in there. Yes, that is so true. Because everyone
1: wants to know where you're from. So what if you just say you're from Canada? People look confused. Let them look confused. Why do you think
0: they look confused?
1: Because you're brown. Yes.
0: Yeah, so let them be confused. Let them be confused, but then they go. They then they awkwardly go. So, where are you really from? Oh my gosh! People have no filter. Like it's and it doesn't offend me. That's why I just start my conversations now. Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm from Canada, but I'm brown because I'm from Guatemala.
1: (laughs) You really need a business card. I'm going to make you a business card. How
0: funny would that
1: be? Honestly. No, but seriously, I mean, yeah, people should just accept the fact, I don't know, in the US when, well, you don't really ask people where they're from in the US, but here, like when I move here and I ask people like, oh, where are you from? And they say this place. I'm like, oh, how cool. I don't ask these follow-up questions.
0: Yeah. Like I get, I get like, there are people that will ask and they'll be genuinely like, oh, like what's your heritage or what, what's your, yeah, thisy or whatever the word is that you use. And I can tell when it's people that genuinely want to know versus people that are just like, that doesn't add up. What do you mean you're Canadian?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, there you definitely can tell when someone's genuine versus like, yeah, but you're Brown. So you can't be from Canada. I yeah. mean, that's basically what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we both kind of, I guess fell into expat life. Um, question Mm -hmm. like do you feel um how am I gonna word this just word it so I always feel like obviously we can't be in Qatar forever right yeah you're not allowed to be Mm -hmm. technically speaking um so where do you think you'll end up and how do you feel about that
0: I have no idea yeah I have no idea because Nick and I both have two very different um ideas of retirement we both want land and we both want to be sustainable like have our vegetable little garden have like chickens and cows and you know yeah but where that location is is still a blur to me Mm. because i don't want to be in england okay and nick wants to be in england
1: Mm.
0: but we're kind of I think that we'll probably end up somewhere warm. Yeah. Not not South America, probably more Europe. Um, but that's kind of where my mind is. Nick could tell I mean, me in that. the UK. Can I come too? Yeah, of course. Cool. Ellie. LA. <laughs> 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 not her face again. <laughs> Sorry? Not my face again. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I, but I, I think that also has to do with the fact that I don't, I don't feel like I necessarily, this is going to sound so dramatic. It's not dramatic. This doesn't make me feel sad in any way, but I don't necessarily feel like I have like a home. Mm. that makes sense? Like, yeah. like, okay, yes, I'm from Guatemala, but I have not, I wasn't, there's no culture for me from there cuz I wasn't raised there. Yeah. And um, yes, I have a Canadian passport, but I left when I was 12. Like I don't know anybody. I don't speak to my family there. That's a whole other story. Um and so my mom has a house in Panama, which is great for her. She loves it, but that's not my home either. Yeah, neither is England. So for me, I'm just kind of like you're a nomad, right? And yeah, I just, I just don't feel like there's anywhere necessarily yet that I can picture us. Maybe you should buy a caravan and just travel around Europe. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh I question. need land. Yeah, you need land. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that wouldn't work. I mean, fair not knowing like where, like not really having a home base. I mean, I guess right now this is definitely this is base. my home. Yeah, your kids are here. You know your family is here. Your your life is here, and it has been for a decade plus.
0: Yeah. If I could have, if I could, because I said to Nick at one point, I said, "Look, if you could get a visa to stay here forever, would you?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, I would."
1: Oh, really? Yeah. No, I feel like I have to get out of the bubble someday. And actually, this brings us into another topic. Is I feel like I have to get my kids out of the bubble. But I feel yeah. like I owe it to them. What you want them to see? The real world. But what? You want them to see violence? Okay, so I (laughs) I want them to see it, but I don't want them to see it. Like, I want to protect them forever, but I also, like... Can you imagine? And I know that so many people do this, you know, Mm -hmm. that your kids um, graduate high school from here and they go off to university in the U.S. I mean, talk about culture shock. think that I especially feel this way because I left Cairo in the middle of high school and mm-hmm. I moved to white suburbia and it was white,
0: <laughs> white.
1: <laughs> no, but it it was really challenging. Yeah. Really, really challenging. I mean, I was a teenager. I was transferring schools and I was moving back from Cairo. If anyone's been to Cairo, you know what I'm talking about back to Northern California. And yeah. I don't know. I just think that when that happens, I want to be able to be there to like support my kids through that. And if they're in college, they're going to be on their own.
0: I don't know. Because in my head, Mm. if all going to college, so am I. (laughs) I'm just like, what's that movie where um, (laughs) the mom went back to college with her daughter and they like join the same sorority? I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. We'll, we'll put it on stories after. No, yeah. because in in my head when I picture them going to college, yeah. I'm not working, and yeah. so I'm just like, it's fine, cool. I'll come with you. I'll come. I'll move back if that is the case, and I'll and I'll be your Uber when you want to go a night out. Just call me. That'll be my. That'll be my job. Oh my so, God. but obviously none of this is realistic. This is all just like made up in my head. My kids are seven and four.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's part of you know being an expat and these are very real conversations that we have, whether in our head or with our partners regularly. I mean, I think whenever Ellie and I go on a date, like the first thing we start talking about is where are we going to retire and where are we going to buy a house? Yeah, we
0: do all the time
1: because it is a reality and someday we are going to have to like make a move in that direction. I mean, time's just flying by. Yeah. And then we start talking about like, well, if we do move, where are we going to go? And when are we going to do it? And, you know, Harper's going to go into, I mean, Harper's in pre-K, but like Harper's going to be in this grade before we know it. And like, when is the right time to move? You
0: know, so it's, um, the right time is to move in middle school. Yeah. Because my mom moved me in my last two years or something like this, or my, I don't know what it was, but it messed up everything for me. Oh no! Like it was, it was a, it was just a pain in the butt trying to get paperwork. And oh. because I knew I was leaving, I stopped working at the school that I was in in the Cayman Islands. I was like, I'm leaving this country. It doesn't mean anything. Um, joke was on me. It did. <laughs> so yeah. I would definitely say, if you're going to move, either move like grade six or stick it out.
1: Yeah and then I think to myself and I don't know do you feel this way like right now I'm talking about what I think is best but maybe that's not necessarily best for the girls like Doha and Qatar is their that's their world that's what they know yeah and taking them out of that and away from friends like I think about the day that like if we ever leave this compound or if you and and, uh, Nick ever leave this compound like my heart will break because the girls have so much fun together. Um,
0: I have a question about, you know, you talk about like like the real conversations that we have with our husbands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them for me is, what if something happens to you? Mm-hmm. I would be totally screwed if something happened because here, obviously the laws are a bit different.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and we're living in a country that's not our country so we have to then take our kids back to our country. Mm-hmm. My problem is I don't have a british visa to go back to their country. And um you know here you have to sub- take your pay- your passport and your country ID mm-hmm. to the bank to get all the bank stuff sent over so that if something does happen knock on wood that you are able to financially move the stuff across. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen some really horrific things here where families have had a tragedy and then the wife has been left Mm -hmm. not being able to uh, access bank accounts and access certain things because they haven't sorted out the will. And if you don't have a will here, you're totally screwed. Yeah. And we have a will, But we don't have everything else, all the little things sorted out. Yeah. Um. But that's a big fear of mine. Or even if something not something like that happens, but something like a big, like with everything currently going on in the world. Yes. Especially in our region. Mm -hmm. um, Having an emergency fund. Yeah. And and you don't think it will happen, but you never know. And having that backup plan, like, what will we do if we need to leave? Situation.
1: And yes, I do. I mean, especially in the past month, as things have, oh my gosh, just been on fire. Um, and there's been so many "what if" questions regarding the um, the region. I have asked Ellie, like, "What's our plan?" And I have gone into work and said, "If God forbid we're evacuated, like, are you going to take my husband?" You know, I'm sponsored by my my um, work. But him having a, a Lebanese passport and me having a U.S. passport, it is a reality that, yes, we do we do think about that. And we do,
0: like, what do we do? Where do we go? Yeah. And I think as well, the whole, like, passport privilege, do you know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. It's like, in your circumstances. I mean, I'm talking about a Canadian and a U.K. passport. Yes. When we're talking about a Lebanese passport and an American passport, like, you guys have a lot of, like, more pressure.
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot more pressure. Um, and I would say that it's often on my mind. I really hate that we don't have the same passport and yeah, me too. I do I do recognize the privilege of having my passport and I didn't fully understand that privilege until I married my husband. Yeah everywhere we go we have to apply or he has to apply for a visa and we don't know if we i mean we can buy our tickets book a hotel um and we won't know if we're going until he gets that visa you know
0: Mm -hmm. okay this is moving on to something a bit lighter yeah um for me i found that and i don't know if you'll find this because you are mixed race
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but for me so as an expat, people see me and they go, oh, you look Hispanic. And I'll go, yep, I'm from Guatemala. And they'll start speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Let me update you on this. <laughs> I am from Guatemala, but I'm Canadian, so I don't know any Spanish. And I'm immediately kind of shifted from, oh, you're one of us, too. Oh, you're not. And yeah. then I go to the Canadian side, and it's just the energy over there doesn't add up with me. And so I find that a lot of the Canadian group, I don't fit in there either. Yeah. I grew up in Qatar. A lot of my, my, the ways that I kind of live my life now are very, um, I think Qatar had a lot of influence on me. Um, as an adult and so I turn to the Qatari or like the Arab uh, community Mm -hmm. and I'm not welcome there either and I look at the UK and it's still, they're welcoming but I'm still not one of them Mm -hmm. and so I have always found very difficult navigating friendships with Mm -hmm. people because uh, let's say I have a Spanish friend She'll be very welcoming, but her her community, no, because as soon as I would be, in, not this is not a real scenario, by the way, mm-hmm. but it's just one of these like you know, as soon as you're invited into that kind of community, it's like oh, you don't speak Spanish, so no one speaks to you, you know, and i um, I have always struggled um, finding kind of that friendship group mm-hmm. um, where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean it totally makes sense. Kind of not knowing where you belong.
0: Mm-hmm. Not in like a boo hoo sad way just like you know like a culturally people stick to their own like oh, it's yeah. very obvious here. Yes. So I how do you find it being with a Lebanese husband as well as Egyptian father and a UK, a US mother? No, <laughs> isn't it? What? That's a mouthful.
1: I mean, like you said, it's a mouthful. Um, okay. I think it is really safe to say that I feel like an alien. I mean, yeah, uh, some days I do. Um, but I think that – so. I think language has a huge part to play in building a friendship. I think building a friendship with someone that doesn't have your native tongue um, is very difficult. There's nuances, there's sarcasm, there's expressions, there's, you know, even your tone of voice, your body language kind of sticks to where you grew up and where you're from. Mm -hmm. And I think, or I find that when I'm hanging out with different groups, yeah, of course I can have a great time and people are so welcoming and loving. Um, but there's always something a little bit off. Yeah. Right. Mm. And To no fault of anyone. I mean, I think that's only normal. I do have a Lebanese mom friend. I've actually referenced her a few times here. Um, and I think that, we've become closer friends just as if we, as we've gotten to know each other. And it's almost like within that friendship of two people that don't necessarily speak the same, you know, mother tongue, you create your own language or you just start to kind of jive with that person. Uh, but that means yeah. time and being an expat, you know, it's a very transient community. So you don't necessarily always have that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I think I drifted a little bit away from your question. No, no. Where do I feel like I fit in? Um, Right now, and, you know, truly, honestly speaking, right now, after everything that's kind of been going on um, in the region and the U.S. government's decisions that I'm so incredibly against, I've almost had this kind of, like, I don't know, like a crisis of conscious. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's very hard for me to articulate. And I think I'm still trying to, um, figure out how to articulate what I'm saying in my mind. Like it's, it's constantly on, on my mind. And I, I'm, I'm questioning a lot of things
0: right now. Let's just say Like whether you feel patriarchal to America, like, do you feel like I'm proud of America? Yeah. Yes, you do. Or no, you don't. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. So do you feel like you're leaning more towards your Egyptian side? No, I don't know
1: where I'm leaning. And I think that is confusing, confusing and scary. I think also we've been gone for so long and we've lived the majority of our adult life here um, in this very international community in which, yes, we do pull from various places and we probably adapt things that we like and we say audios to things that we don't like Yeah, I also think like being in your 30s like what we're both almost in our mid-30s I feel like there's like a shift happening or something like yeah. um maybe I'm kind of coming into my own
0: more I think you care less as you get older
1: for sure I mean my god I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast like five years ago absolutely not
0: yeah, it's funny that you say that because, like, I um said to Nick, like, I started playing around on my own Instagram mm-hmm. um four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I said I never would have been able to do any of that 10 years ago. Yeah. And I always had this, like, I don't give a shit energy, mm-hmm. but I never knew how to articulate it in a way that didn't come across as just horrible. Yeah until I got older, you know? Mm. So age definitely has something to do with it. I think we've reached the The end yeah, of this episode of expat life.
1: Expat life. So let us know, are you an expat? Where do you think you're going to end up? Or are you, or have you been an expat and you moved somewhere and you have put down roots so to say did you go back to your home country or your passport country
0: yeah Um, and do you you feel like you can find a group of people that you like mesh with or were you lost like me (laughs) yeah over and out oh good night (laughs) night